After Twitter visibility limits what is a woman for supposedly misgendering, Elon Musk steps in to restore free speech standards. Joe Biden falls down at the Air Force Academy graduation. But are we allowed to laugh or not? And the Biden economy is petering out. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Do you like your web history being seen and sold to advertisers? No, me neither. Get ExpressVPN right now at expressvpn.com slash Ben. So yesterday, confusion reigned over at Twitter. We had made a deal originally with Twitter that we were going to have a dedicated Twitter space to premiere publicly what is a woman out from behind our paywall. It was the one-year anniversary of the release of Matt Walsh's transformative documentary, What is a Woman? The Most Important Documentary Made in America in the Last 10 Years. It goes through all of the transgender propaganda has led to a mass movement in order to ban surgical mutilation of children on behalf of the trans ideology and all the rest. And our plan was that we were going to release that on a dedicated Twitter events page and that it was going to then be promoted. And Twitter went along with that. They were perfectly happy to do it. And then they watched the movie and they came back at us and they said, not only are we not going to do that, we are also going to throttle any attempt to post anything from the film. We're going to put visibility filters on it. And we said, wait, hold up a second. You're telling me that Elon Musk bought this service for $44 billion to free the Babylon Bee because the Babylon Bee had basically been banned from Twitter for the great sin of saying that men are not women and women are not men. And, and Musk bought the service in order to restore free speech standards, as he himself told Seth Dillon from the Babylon Bee. And yet you're telling us that there are going to be hateful content visibility limitations put on what is a woman for supposed misgendering? Is misgendering a part of the policy? What exactly is the policy? And over the course of yesterday, as we prepared to release What is a Woman publicly on Twitter, it was totally unclear what exactly was going to happen. And we had seen that a few preview clips that Matt had released had immediately been hit with visibility limits. You could not, you literally could not retweet. You could not share them. They were clearly being throttled. And so we went to Elon Musk and we asked, what's the deal? We did this pretty publicly. Jeremy Boring, Daily Wire CEO, co-founder of the company, he said, I hope Elon Musk will reconsider this awful policy. If we can't debate these issues on Twitter, where can we debate them? If conservatives aren't welcome on Twitter, where are they welcome? It's unlikely another sensibilionaire will come along to offer an alternative. So Elon Musk replied, and he said, this was a mistake by many people at Twitter. It is definitely allowed. Whether or not you agree with using someone's preferred pronouns, not doing so is at most rude and certainly breaks no laws. I should note that I do personally use someone's preferred pronouns just as I use someone's preferred name, simply from the standpoint of good manners. However, for the same reason, I object to rude behavior, ostracism, or threats of violence if the wrong pronoun or name is used. Okay, so obviously I disagree with Elon Musk about publicly using someone's quote-unquote preferred pronouns because that gives credibility and credence to a false statement about reality. It's one thing to tell people who you love what they want in private. It's another thing to publicly embrace falsehood. But put that aside, he had essentially said right there that it was a mistake. But then last night, it appeared that it was not a mistake because when we actually premiered the movie, when we put it up, it was totally unclear whether it would actually be free or not because immediately visibility limitations were placed on the film. The trend, What is a Woman, was absolutely stopped. It was blacklisted. So it started trending on Twitter yesterday in the afternoon and boom, it was gone immediately. And then Elon had issued a statement that was pretty unclear about what exactly was happening. Matt Walsh had tweeted at him yesterday. Thanks for the response. Does this mean we can post the film with the full reach and everything else we agreed to? Also, the what is a woman trend keeps disappearing from the trends list. Is it still blacklisted? And Elon wrote back, it will be advertising restricted as advertisers have the right to decide what content their ads appear with, which will impact reach to some degree. And so it was completely unclear what that meant. I mean, what does that mean? If advertisers don't want to appear next to a particular thing, shouldn't that restrict where the advertisers appear, not where Matt's content appears or where our content appears? It's kind of strange to suggest 
that if Bud Light doesn't want to be associated with what is a woman, that what is a woman is therefore downgraded in terms of its reach. And as the night progressed, and as it became clear, the visibility limitations were still on the release of what is a woman. There's a lot of blowback for Twitter and a lot of blowback for Elon particularly saying, okay, well, you said that it was a free speech platform. What's the deal? Why can't I share the movie? Okay, so as of the morning of Friday, June 2nd, things then changed. So suddenly the visibility limitations were gone. You can now retweet and share to anybody in your feed the film. And not only that, Musk then went personally onto his Twitter feed and he tweeted out, every parent should watch this, which is kind of an amazing thing. He had suggested last night that the movie would benefit from the so-called Streisand effect. The Streisand effect is named after Barbara Streisand. There was a famous incident in which a random photographer had taken a picture of the California coastline and it included her house. Nobody knew it was her house. And so he put that photo online and she immediately sued to have it taken down. And suddenly millions of people knew the photo was online and started looking at pictures of her house. It was the so-called Streisand effect. So he suggested last night there would be a Streisand effect to all of this and many, many more people would see the movie specifically because of the controversy surrounding the movie. And that is now undoubtedly true. But thanks to Elon Musk for doing that. Now, do we still need clarification on what Twitter's actual policies are? We do. Is misgendering still covertly part of their policy? We don't know. What is their advertiser policy? Is there actual reach restriction on stuff that is not what is a woman? That doesn't become sort of public view. In other words, let's assume, because it seems to be the case, that Elon, he will step in and he will stop this stuff when it crops up. But part of the problem here, I assume, is that Elon was in China. When the cat cat is away, then the mice play. Middle management, the so-called deep state, doesn't just exist inside of government agencies. Very often it exists inside companies themselves. You've seen this in a wide variety of corporations, which take massive hits. So it's possible there are still people who are over Twitter who are like, you know what? I don't know what Elon wants, so I'm going to err on the side of wokeness. Or maybe I do know what Elon wants, and I'm still going to err on the side of wokeness. So. Hopefully, there'll be some more sort of concerted standards that come out of all of this for Twitter. But suffice it to say that Musk eventually got to the right conclusion here. And that's a very good thing because there really was a serious question as of virtually all day yesterday as to whether Twitter was simply going to be the old rules under new management. And Elon has made clear that that is not the case. We thank, obviously, Elon Musk for doing that. Right now, today, we are making the entirety of What is a Woman available. So you should go check it out yourself and watch the film. Again, as I say, it is the most important documentary of the last 10 years. It has transformed the entire conversation surrounding the mutilation of children and the entire conversation around whether American society ought to go along with the lie that men can be women and women can be men. Okay, in just one second, we are going to get to the latest with Joe Biden, who's literally falling down on the job first. It takes a special kind of company to want to partner with the shows. We've mentioned a lot of advertisers are very skittish about partnering with shows that say controversial but true things. Well, Pure Talk is not one of those companies. They are happy to partner with us because they stand with our values, which means we're happy to stand behind Pure Talk. They make it possible for me to get up here and bring you facts, logic, and truth every single day. Pure Talk shares my values as well as the values of Matt Walsh, Michael Moles, Candace Owens, Jordan Peterson, the rest of the Daily Wire hosts. That's why we made them the official wireless partner of the Daily Wire. But that's not the only reason. We check the coverage. It's premium. Pure Talk is the most dependable 5G network in the United States. I use it myself. We check the plans. They are top tier, but at a fraction of the cost of other major carriers. In fact, you can get unlimited talk, text, and unlimited data with mobile hotspot for just 55 bucks a month. Remember, you vote with how you spend your money. So stop supporting woke wireless companies that don't support you and switch to Pure Talk today. You'll get great coverage and save while you are doing it. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Save an additional 50% off your very first month of coverage. That's puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Pure Talk is wireless for Americans by Americans. Support them because they support you. Head on over to puretalk.com dot com slash Shapiro right now. 
We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that when people say free, they should mean, you know, actually free. When you switch to Pure Talk today, you will get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. No four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last, rugged screen, quick charging battery, top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family will save almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro. Switch to my cell phone company. I've been using Pure Talk for years at this point. I can tell you that coverage is excellent. I trust them. You can too. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and switch to my cell phone company today. puretalk.com Shapiro. Okay, so meanwhile, Joe Biden, you know, that dude's real old. I mean, if Joe Biden were to be reelected, he'd be 86 when he left office, which is, you know, four, five, six years beyond American life expectancy. So yesterday, Joe Biden was doing his thing. He was speaking at the U.S. Air Force Academy graduation. He was babbling as per his usual arrangement. I met in the Oval Office, in my office, with 12 leading, no, excuse me, eight leading scientists in the area of AI. Some are very worried that AI can actually overtake human thinking and planning. So we got a lot to deal with. Well, what is he talking about now? I mean, we got and the AI. If there is a candidate for Neuralink, our president is probably at the top of the list. But that was not his only foible of the afternoon. The big headline from the afternoon is that Joe Biden fell over again. So this isn't just him like on a stationary bike falling over. He's a pretty hard fall right here. So he is trying to walk off the stage and apparently he trips on a sandbag of some sort and he goes down pretty hard. Oh boy. So he goes down hard and then he tries to get up and he's having some trouble like getting to his feet. He has to have like two, three other people help him up to his feet. He has to have Secret Service jump up and help him to his feet right there. Okay, so this raises a question. Are we allowed to laugh or are we not allowed to laugh? So this is a binary question. (laughs) The reason I ask the question is because we are being told by the media simultaneously that the man is hale, healthy, fit, and ready to go. And also you're not allowed to laugh when he falls down, which is not accurate. Okay, let's put it this way. My wife and I have a, a bit of an arrangement at our house. If I bump my head, the normal reaction that I will get is that she will laugh hysterically. If I bump my head and it requires stitches because I'm bleeding, then she doesn't, in other words, and this is true for pretty much all the people you know. Inherently, when people fall down, it's funny. When people get seriously hurt, it it is no longer funny. So here's the problem. If you say that Joe Biden is just ready to go, he's ready, he's physically able, and him falling down on a stage is funny, in the same way that it's funny when any other president falls down on a stage. If, however, you recognize the reality, which is that Joe Biden is a fragile elderly gentleman and that he could have fallen down and broken a hip and that could have become his decline to to the coffin, then it's really not very funny, right? And so the immediate response of the media is pretty telling because their immediate response was not, oh, isn't that funny? Oh, what a foible. Their immediate response was, oh my God, that's a little scary. Well, if it's a little scary, maybe he shouldn't be the president of the United States. He's 80 years old. Because again, as I say, the media have no problem mocking the living hell out of people who are hale and healthy when they fall down, Gerald Ford, famously in the 1970s, was the president of the United States, and he fell down a flight of, of airline stairs 
He's coming off the stairs of, of Air Force One and he fell down. And remember, Gerald Ford is uh, not not only was he, you know, sort of in the prime of his life. I mean, he was not an old man when this happened. Gerald Ford was probably the most athletic president we've ever had in the history of the country. He was literally an All-American for University of Michigan football. So he fell down the stairs. And here's what that looked like. For President Ford, the year seemed full of snags. In June, he fell down the plane steps on arriving in Austria. But a whole lot more serious were the two it's attempts raining, to assassinate him. Right? It's raining and it's slippery. And he fell down and he immediately gets right back up. And then he moves to shake the hand of the person who he is supposed to meet. This became endless fodder for Chevy Chase on Saturday Night Live. In fact, many people believe that it was Chevy Chase's ridiculously stupid impression of Gerald Ford that basically lost him the presidency. It was a very close reelect effort for Gerald Ford in 1976 against Jimmy Carter. And one of the key factors, people think, is the widespread perception that Ford was a ridiculous figure promoted by people like Chevy Chase. I mean, Chevy Chase literally became uber famous because he would pretend to fall down, like over and over and over, like skit after skit after skit on SNL. Gerald Ford fell down in the rain, got immediately back up. You can see it. And this became the fodder for like months at a time for Chevy Chase falling down in non-funny fashion, by the way. I know a fellow. He's drinking from an empty cup. New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Florida, and every other primary. And I know he is going to win. And if he has any other competition, right up to the end of 1976. Thank you. Hey. Uh-oh. No problem. No problem. And if I don't win, I will continue Cheap laughs to happening the primaries, here at SNL. Even if there are none. And now for my second announcement. So he fell down like once it's from from and the endless, endless fodder for cheap laughs from, from Chevy Chase. He was again, he was 61 years old when he took office as president of the United States in 1974. By the time of the election, he was 63, 17 years junior to Joe Biden. Right? And endless mockery, endless mockery. And it wasn't just Chevy Chase. You remember that um, Donald Trump, when he was president of the United States and who's significantly younger at that point than Joe Biden is now. He, uh, this is June 14th, 2020. He was walking down a ramp at West Point because he was afraid that it was slippery. And so he walked down sort of gingerly down the ramp. You'll remember this. And he's taking that ramp pretty slowly, right? And it's kind of mockable because obviously he's not, uh, he's not kind of going down with alacrity. And according to the media, this went viral on social media and raised questions about his health. Okay, so it raised questions about his health that he went down a ramp slowly at, uh, at West Point. Not only did it raise questions, the entire late night team mocked Trump over the ramp. Right? It was, it was, it was a laugh a minute over the ramp. Here's the entire late night team doing that. Very slowly tippy tapping down the ramp, tentatively, like he's walking barefoot on sharp rocks. Maybe the bone spurs are acting up. Yeah, apparently Trump was a little sensitive about the incident because he then tweeted, the ramp that I descended was very long and steep, had no handrail, and most importantly, was very slippery. Final 10 feet, I ran down to level ground. Momentum. 
Yep, that's about the only momentum Trump has right now. For a guy who constantly talks about how tough he is, he sure walks like a baby deer on a frozen pond. What is wrong with him? A ramp can't be both long and steep. The longer a ramp is, the less steep it gets. It was a slip and slide. You're saying the West Point ramp was a slip and slide. It was very treacherous ramp, coated with oil, littered with banana peels. Now we know why he launched his 2016 campaign coming down an escalator. If it had been a ramp, he'd still be coming down. Okay, so um, bad writing, but it, remember, it was endless, endless mockery, endless fodder, endless fodder. You know, as we'll see in just a second, no one makes fun of, of Joe Biden when he falls down, which suggests one of two things. Either the media have a massive double standard that when a Republican does something that is clumsy or awkward, it becomes fodder for literally years, right? Marco Rubio is still mocked for having had a bottle of water in the middle of a speech in like 2012. For years, they, they continue to play this idiotic game. So yes, or, and or, they are afraid of mocking Joe Biden over this because he is an 80-year-old man who fell down. We'll get to that momentarily first. Picture the perfect summer night. The kids aren't actually bugging me for change. The dog is behaving. Everything's great. The family's over for a barbecue. The grill should be sizzling with delicious food. But alas, the propane tank, the propane tank curses upon it. It is empty. And this is where our friends at Cinch come in. Cinch is a propane grill tank home delivery service. They deliver propane tanks directly to your door on your schedule. They don't require any long-term commitment or subscription. Plus, delivery is completely contact-free. You don't have to wait around at home. Track the order on the Cinch app from anywhere. The perfect summer night. It will not be complete without that working propane tank, and you can't get that without Cinch. Go to cinch.com or download the Cinch app and use promo code Shapiro. Get your first tank exchange for just 10 bucks. That is C-Y-N-C-H dot com. Promo code Shapiro. It's a limited time offer. You have to live within a Cinch service area to redeem it. Visit cinch.com slash offer for details. Nothing worse than you start a barbecue and then you realize the propane tank is empty and you got to run over to the local store. Don't do that again. Instead, head on over to cinch.com. Promo code Shapiro. That's C-Y-N-C-H dot com. Promo code Shapiro to get your first tank exchange for just $10. Okay, so the entire media... I like, well, we're not making fun of this. It's, it's obviously a very, very serious situation. And so it's been nothing but deep care and concern about the president of the United States, which um, lets the cat out of the bag. They're all worried about his health. He's 80 years old. When an 80-year-old man falls down, that's scary. I know. I still have one living grandparent who's, thank God, in her very, very late 90s. But as soon as grandma and grandpa hit their 70s, you start to worry about them slipping and falling in the shower, breaking a hip, and then getting an infection at the hospital, right? I mean, this is, this is serious stuff. Joe Biden goes down real hard. Uh, and then apparently on his way off of the Air Force One, he also bumped his head. But you're not allowed to make fun of that either, right? So Gerald Ford fell down like a wet flight of stairs, like three stairs, endless mockery. Donald Trump didn't fall down. He just went down a ramp slowly and gingerly. Endless mockery. Joe Biden is like the three stooges combined. He's like poking himself in the eyes with both of his, both of his fingers. And then he's walking directly into cream, cream pies while slipping on banana peels and falling over. And it's like, don't laugh. Don't laugh because that could be life endangering. I know it could be life endangering, man. So I'm not really laughing so much. So uh, here was Joe Biden yesterday responding to falling down. That's it, Look how fit as a fiddle he is. Did you see that? He, he did a little jump step right there. That dude looks like he's ready to run a marathon. Or alternatively, when he did that little jump step, everyone in the press went, no, don't do it. Don't do it, Joe. My, my favorite part of the clip, actually, is when he actually falls down in the original clip, he starts pointing back at the sandbag. I go, look, it's, it's, it tripped, it jumped out, it bit me. It jumped down and it bit me, the sandbag. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty good. Play the clip again, just so we can see him 
actively um, actively pointing at the sandbag that was on the floor and is in fact a sandbag, and apparently it jumped out and bit him. Here he goes again. Boom, right? He goes down. I like that people are still sort of cheering. They don't know what's going on. Okay, well, here's the part where he gets up and he's going to point back. Look, it's a sandbag. It did it. The sandbag did it. <laughs> okay, Sherlock, you've detected the culprit. Well done there from the president of the United States. Well, the Republican candidates responded. Donald Trump responded last night saying, well, I hope he wasn't hurt, which is uh, pretty good. He just fell on what stage? He's, down at, uh, at, the He's at the Air Force Academy. He actually fell down. Well, I hope he wasn't hurt. I hope he wasn't hurt. But it's the whole thing is, look, the whole thing is crazy. You got to be careful about that. You got to be careful about that because you don't you don't want that. Even if you have to tiptoe down a ramp, you got to. <laughs> credit, credit to Trump. The dude, dude still has an amazing sense of humor. And meanwhile, Ron DeSantis responded as well to Joe Biden falling over. Now, he did see, I think a lot of people saw, he had a fall at this Air Force uh, event. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if he sustained injuries, but I just want to say that um, uh, we hope uh, and wish Joe Biden a swift recovery from any injuries he may have sustained. But we also wish the United States of America a swift recovery from the injuries it has sustained because of Joe Biden and his policies. Fair as well. All right, in just one second, we're going to get to the failure of Joe Biden's policies first. Get a better night's sleep by going to Bull and Branch. So as you know, not getting a lot of the sleep lately. We got baby number four. We're now suffering through a cold. It, it, it's just like the sleep quality is not amazing, except that Bull and Branch makes it possible for me to sleep at all. So here's the thing. Once you slept in Bull and Branch sheets or use Bull and Branch products, you really are kind of ruined for all other products. We've been using Bull and Branch at our house for years on end. They make the world's best sheets. They make amazing blankets as well. And once you slept on those, you really like, how do you substitute? You can't, which is why we got rid of all of our other sheets, all of our other blankets. We only use Bull and Branch at this point. Bull and Branch sheets are made from the finest 100% organic cotton threads on earth. They feel buttery to the touch. They're super breathable. They're perfect for both cooler and warmer months. Their signature hem sheets were made with threads so luxurious that they have been slept on by three U.S. presidents. They're made without pesticides, formaldehyde, or other harsh chemicals. And best of all, they give you a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping and returns on all orders. You're not going to want to return them because they are indeed incredible. Get a better night's sleep with Bull and Branch. Get 15% off your first order when you use promo code Shapiro today at bullandbranch.com. That's bullandbranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. Promo code Shapiro. Exclusions apply. See site for details. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, I've been talking about my Helix Sleep mattress for years. I got to admit, last night was a very rough night. We had to take the dog to the hospital. Dog is okay, but didn't get a lot of sleep. The sleep I did get is thanks to my Helix sleep mattress made just for me. If you haven't already checked out the Helix Elite Collection, you need to. Helix harnesses years of mattress expertise to offer a truly elevated sleep experience. The Helix Elite Collection includes six different mattress models, each tailored for specific sleep positions and firmness preferences. If you're nervous about buying a mattress online, you don't have to be. Helix has a sleep quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress, because why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? I took that Helix quiz. I was matched with a firm but breathable mattress. I love it. My wife loves it. We're big Helix fans here at the Shapiro house. Plus, Helix has a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but I'm not sure that has ever happened. Helix is now offering 25% off all mattress orders plus two free pillows for my listeners. Head on over to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Use code HELIXPARTNER25. It's their best offer yet. It's not going to last long. That's helixsleep.com slash Ben. Use code HELIXPARTNER25. With Helix, better sleep starts right now. Okay, so meanwhile, 
Joe Biden is running into real headwinds, even from people in his own party. So yesterday, the Senate voted largely along party lines on legislation to block Joe Biden's student debt relief program, according to NBC News. It passed 52 to 46. So it's a Democratic Senate. Doesn't matter. At least a couple of Democrats peeled off to vote in favor of killing Joe Biden's unconstitutional, single-handed, let's get rid of the student debt proposal. It passed 52 to 46. It comes one day after senators took a similarly close vote to proceed to the measure, which would repeal Biden's debt relief program and end the administration's pause on federal student loan payments. A few moderate sen senators, which would be Joe Manchin of West Virginia, who's in a very rough reelect battle right now in West Virginia, probably with Jim Justice, the current governor of West Virginia. John Tester of Montana, who, of course, is in a very red state, but is a blue senator. And Kristen Sinema of Arizona, who is now a registered independent. All three of those voted with Republicans on the final passage vote, as well as the motion to take up the measure. Only a simple majority of senators were needed to pass the legislation and send it to Biden's desk. The White House warned that Biden would veto the resolution. So just to be clear, what's happened here is that Joe Biden usurped power from the legislative branch. They passed a law saying you can't do that. And now he's going to veto it. It'll end up at the Supreme Court and he'll end up losing. But it is a slap in the face to him. Meanwhile, how ridiculous is this administration? Here's how ridiculous this administration is. Hunter Biden, right, who's currently under investigation for violation of a wide variety of laws up to and including gun laws. Well, now Hunter Biden is going to become a, um, a gun advocate. According to Politico, Hunter Biden could soon find himself in a surprising position at the cutting edge of the fight to strengthen the Second Amendment. The president's son is the target of a Justice Department investigation scrutinizing his purchase of a gun in 2018, a time when he has said he was regularly using crack cocaine. Federal law bans drug users from owning guns. But the constitutionality of that law is newly in question after a Supreme Court precedent handed down over a year ago. His lawyers have told the DOJ that if their client is charged with a gun crime, they'll challenge the law under the Second Amendment. So suddenly, the president's son is going to have to file a lawsuit to broaden the Second Amendment in order to avoid being prosecuted by the DOJ on charges of illegally obtaining a gun. So slow, slow clap for Hunter Biden, who has done nothing but make trouble uh, for his father and his father's administration. Meanwhile, President Biden himself has taken up the mantle of Pride Month. He is the, he's the elected pope of the holy month of pride, obviously. And he has put out a statement. And his statement says, quote, today, our nation faces another inflection point. In 2023 alone, state and local legislatures have already introduced over 600 hateful laws targeting the LGBTQI plus minus divided by sign community. Books about LGBTQI plus minus divided by sign people are being banned from libraries. Uh, that, that is not a book ban, by the way. Saying that a, a seven-year-old should not be able to access books saying boys or girls is not a book ban. Transgender youth in over a dozen states have had their medically necessary health care ban. And this is Joe Biden coming out in favor of the transing of the kids. It is now medically necessary health care to chop the penis off a 15-year-old boy in order to pretend that he is a girl. Homophobic and transphobic vitriol spewed online has spilled over into real life as armed hate groups intimidate people at pride marches and drag performances and threaten doctor's offices and children's hospitals that offer care to the LGBTQI plus minus divided by sign community. Again, uh, that, that right there, that notion that these hospitals offer care, children's hospitals, uh, that is uh, deeply disturbing, medically necessary care. So Joe Biden is fully on the side of the, um, of the perverse transing of the children. What's amazing about that is even Democrats are not in favor of this sort of stuff. Joe Biden may be at the bleeding edge of this, like apparently at the literal bleeding edge of this, considering the surgical procedures that are utilized in order to mutilate kids. But even Democrats are not in favor of this. New poll from Rasmussen asked, quote, some states have recently passed legislation making it illegal to perform sex change surgery on minors. Do you approve or disapprove of such laws? So 46% of all Americans say they strongly approve. Another 16% say that they somewhat approve. 
which means 64% of Americans strongly or somewhat approve. Another 8% are not sure, which is 72% of the public, which is either not sure, somewhat approves, or strongly approves of laws to ban this sort of stuff. Only 12% somewhat disapprove, only 18% strongly disapprove. What are those numbers among Democrats? Among Democrats, at least 56% of Democrats say that they approve in some form or fashion of laws banning sex change surgeries on minors. Another 9% say they don't know, which brings that number all the way up to 65%. Only 35% of Democrats say that they approve of sex change surgeries on minors being legal. But Joe Biden is running directly for those people, which is an amazing thing. The ideological capture of the Democratic Party by the Pride Progress Coalition is something to behold. And this is a 60-40 matter in the United States. Americans are not up for this. It was one thing when the gay pride movement was making the case, leave us alone to do what we want in the privacy of our own bedrooms. That was like an 80-20 proposition where most Americans are like, yeah, I don't see why the government has anything to do with what you do in your bedroom. But that changes real fast when you're talking about let us trans the kids, let us propagandize to children that all forms of sexual experimentation are equally moral. Then people start to have a problem. But this is being promoted by the administration pretty much everywhere. Every year now, we have the, this pathetic administration, the Obama administration did it before, putting a pride progress flag for the month of June, the holy month of June, at, outside the U.S. Embassy at the Vatican. They literally put it out at the Vatican. I, I don't see them doing this, um, by the way, in Saudi Arabia. I don't see them doing it in, in any Muslim country, Indonesia, like nowhere. The, the basic rule here is that you can be as nasty to Christians as you want because Christians are actually tolerant uh, as opposed to Islamic regimes, which presumably will send people over to take down the flag. The U.S. Embassy at the Vatican said during the month of June, the American flag celebrates Pride Month. Uh, really, does all of America celebrate Pride Month? I didn't realize that it was like an official American policy that it is worth celebrating. Okay, there's a difference, again, between tolerance of people who are doing a thing that you don't particularly like and celebration of the thing itself. Those are not the same thing. No, any durable society is, any durable society for all of human history is rooted in simple Basic biology, man plus woman equals child, all of it. Heterosexual family formation must be normative in any durable society. Of course, you want to encourage men and women to marry one another and have babies. That is how society propagates itself. These are the functional little platoons that actually provide the supporting basis for society. When you have an entire month dedicated to pride in bucking the norm, into, in overthrowing the norm, in pretending that the norm doesn't exist, that society should be apathetic about whether the norm exists. You undermine the norm. And what you end up with is more, be when you subsidize a behavior, you get more of it. And when you as a society decide that the norm itself must be destroyed on behalf of toleration and acceptance, that those aren't enough. You need to have celebration. When, when, when you had the norm and then you had the marginalized, and when the marginalized decide to destroy the norm and there's no more norm anymore, what you end up with is societal decline. And that's what you're seeing in the birth rates in the West. We talked about this yesterday. It's really an amazing thing to watch as the United States, American government slaps the Vatican, like the Catholic Church with over a billion adherents directly across the face by flying a pride progress propaganda flag outside the Vatican. They say, quote, we stand with the LGBTQI plus community against discrimination and other forms of persecution because of who they are and whom they love. Again, all of this is, is a lie. If you claim that you're a member of the opposite sex, you're not. You're not. We're not celebrating who you are. We're celebrating who you pretend to be. Not only that, when you say who you love, I assume that the left has some restrictions on that. I assume the left is not in favor of, say, incest, for example. Maybe they are. Maybe that's the next step here. 
But this has to be propagated by the entire cultural tsunami, as I, as I say, which is why, of course, we have to pretend along with absolute lies. Glamour magazine in the UK now features for Pride Progress Month, a trans pregnant man, Logan Brown. Okay, now, the normal headline would hear breaking news. Woman gets pregnant because Logan Brown is a chick. Because Logan Brown is pregnant. You know how I can tell Logan Brown is a chick? Because she's pregnant. You know what doesn't get pregnant? People with no uterus and a prostate. Those are people who don't get pregnant. You know who does get pregnant sometimes? People who stop taking their testosterone long enough to get pregnant in their uterus. Right, that, that would be that. But Glamour magazine in the UK is pretending that men can get pregnant now. So yeah, we, we now have Arnold Schwarzenegger on the cover of Junior with Danny DeVito uh, getting getting pregnant. So, and, and we're going to pretend that this is a, we're going to pretend this is a pregnant man. We've, we've broken all bounds of biology. British Glamour also continued. They actually posted more on Logan Brown. And um, it's not, it's not ideal. See, Glamour met Logan two weeks before he gave birth to his daughter, Nova, to talk about queer love, gender dysphoria, and navigating the NHS as a pregnant transgender man. That's a chick who just had her breasts removed. That's all. That's all that's happening right there. And good luck to that kid, man. That is going to be a hell of a life. Meanwhile, Sesame Street is propagandizing to the youth of America. Remember, everybody who pretended this was just about the privacy of what you do in your own bedroom was lying. They were lying. It was about propagandizing to your youth that all forms of sexual experimentation and orientation are equally moral and that the height of your identity lies in where you wish to put your genitals. So here they are promoting it to children. This is Sesame Street. It's made for three-year-olds. Hi. Elmo and I wanted to share that everyone is always welcome on Sesame Street. This month and every month, we want to uplift and celebrate our LGBTQIA plus family, friends, and communities. Yeah, that's right, Miss Ariana. <laughs> From our Sesame Street family to yours, happy pride. Elmo loves you. And I love you, Elmo. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, love is love, guys. And that, that forces me to ask what kind of love is happening on Sesame Street now. I mean, love is love, guys. It's uh, Elmo promoting to the young children that uh, boys can be girls, girls can be boys, and all forms of sexual activity are equally moral. The Little League is promoting this garbage. Little League, like where you send your kids to play baseball. They're promoting this. Quote, here, everyone is included and plays the same game. Hashtag one team, one Little League. Oh, yeah, you got to make sure that all the, uh, the, the so-called trans kids we, 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 um, we have to make sure that they're all... Of course, they're targeting the kids. It was always part of the program. And the lie that it was not part of the program was the only way that the LGBTQI plus minus divided by sign movement was able to make progress in the United States on their own behalf. They had to lie. Every step of the way, this has been a lie. We just want the privacy in our own bedroom. No, you didn't. We just want civil unions. Nope. We just want same-sex marriage and then we'll leave you alone. Nope. It turns out, nope. It turns out what you actually wanted to do was destroy heteronormativity. Nobody knows what that word means, and so they've been able to get away with it. But what they actually want to do is substitute one entire worldview for another entire worldview and then promote it to your kids. That's what they actually want. And, and they get very offended, by the way, if you stop them from doing this. So a tape has now emerged from a teacher's, some sort of teaching event in which a woman named um, Victoria Hunt was talking to teachers in Florida and they're talking about the fear they feel in Florida because Florida says that you're not allowed to teach sexual orientation or gender identity to, uh, to kids. And they're talking about how terrible this is. How awful. Here we go. No one is teaching your kids to be gay. Sometimes they just are gay. 
I have math to teach. I literally don't have time to teach your kids to be gay, even if I cared enough to. I don't. So then why are you protesting? Really? So why are you upset? I noticed you're upset. Why are you upset? You literally say you don't have time to teach them to be gay and that you're not interested in teaching them to be gay. You're not interested in teaching them about it. So then why are you upset that we say that you're not allowed to do it? Alrighty, in just one second, we'll get to the incipient economic degradation that's about to happen under the Biden administration. Some stats came out yesterday that are pretty bad for the Biden administration. First, if you run a small business, you need to plan ahead. One of the best ways to do that is by using stamps.com to help mail and ship. Stamps.com lets you print your own postage and shipping labels directly from your home or office. It's ready to go in minutes, so you can get back to running your business sooner. Stamps.com offers rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to 84% off USPS and UPS. Plus, they automatically tell you your cheapest and fastest shipping options. For 25 years, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. Get access to the shipping services you need to run your business right from your computer. No lines, no traffic, and no waiting. You can print postage wherever you do business. They even send you a free scale, so you'll have everything you need to get started. Here at Daily Wire, we don't waste our time. We've used Stamps.com since 2017. Set up your business for success by getting started with Stamps.com today. Sign up with promo code Shapiro for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and free digital scale. No long-term commitments, no contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click that microphone at the top of the homepage, enter code Shapiro. Again, Stamps.com. It's going to save you tons of time, tons of money. You don't got to schlep your packages down to the post office instead. Let Stamps.com take care of it for you. Stamps.com, click that microphone at the top of the homepage and enter code Shapiro. Well, also, yesterday was an amazing battle for free speech. Today, we are seeing the fruit of that fight. Not only are the restrictions removed, but Elon Musk has personally recommended our film, What is a Woman? to his 140 million followers, saying every parent should watch this movie. Tens of millions of people have already engaged with the movie on Twitter. Why would we give away one of our most successful movies of all time for free to watch? Well, because freedom of speech and the right to be heard on these issues, well, those are really, really important, but we need your support. The fight isn't free. We have more films to make and more battles to win. Now is the best time to join Daily Wire Plus. Get an annual membership with 25% off in celebration of momentous victory in the battle for free speech. An annual subscription to Daily Wire Plus is what enables us to make films like What is a Woman and Change the World. And we have a lot more in the works. Oh man, I wish I could tell you about it. We have so much more stuff happening. Go to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Use code woman for 25% off today. Alrighty, so meanwhile, the economy under Joe Biden is stagnating. There are some revised numbers that just came out from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And I, I got to say, it's kind of stunning. So basically, we were lied to again. So there were a bunch of previously published statistics talking about wage increases. And Joe Biden and team have been out there really pumping up the wage increase talk. Oh, wages, wages under my administration have risen out as you will. Uh, no. So the previously published real hourly compensation increases. This would be the, the change percent change from the previous quarter at the annualized rate. In fourth quarter 2022, the previously published stat on increase in real hourly compensation was 0.7% for non-farm business and 1.1% for business. Okay, here's the hourly compensation, the real hourly compensation, right? Inflation adjusted. Now that they've revised it, they were off by 5.4%. The actual real hourly compensation was negative 4.7%, not positive 0.7%, negative 4.7%. They're off by 5.4% in their original estimate of real hourly compensation for increase in wages in fourth quarter of 2022. They said it was 1.1%. It's actually negative 4.3%. Same thing in non-financial corporate positions. They had reported an increase in wages of 1.6%. The actual number was negative 3.2%. In manufacturing, they'd they'd suggested an increase in wages of 0.6%. The actual real hourly compensation was down 4.1%. These numbers suck. 
They are bad. Okay, the wages are coming down. And the reason the wages are coming down is because of both inflation and the fact that people are, are not giving people as many labor, as many wage increases. And the reason they're not doing that is because people are disinvesting. Nobody sees this economy doing anything but stagnating over the course of the next couple of years. Everyone knows this. I talk to people in finance all the time and everyone is quite uneasy, which presumably is why the Federal Reserve is now preparing to skip its June rate rise. Rate rise. Okay, the, the reason they're doing that is because they are afraid of slowing the economy too much. Now, do they need to increase the rates? Of course they need to increase the rates. The inflation rate in the country is still 5%. That's two and a half times what they're supposed to be aiming at. They're supposed to be aiming at a 2% inflation rate. It's currently clocking in at like five point something. But they're not increasing the interest rates to tamp down the inflation. Why? Because they're afraid that if they do, it's going to tip the economy over that cliff. According to the Wall Street Journal, Federal Reserve officials signaled they are increasingly likely to hold interest rates steady at their June meeting before preparing to raise them again later this summer. Now, why? What, what is the point of that? Investors in recent days had expected the Fed would lift rates at its meeting in June, prompting two policymakers Wednesday to publicly underscore their preference to forego a hike, barring a sizzling jobs report on Friday. That strategy would give officials more time to study the economic effects of the Fed's 10 consecutive prior rate increases. Right now, the rates range between 5 and 5.25%. That is a 16-year high. Fed Governor Philip Jefferson said, quote, a decision to hold our policy rate constant at a coming meeting should not be interpreted to mean we have reached the peak rate for this cycle. So then why are you waiting? Why are you waiting? Jerome Powell said, we've come a long way in policy tightening. The stance of policy is restrictive. We faced uncertainty about the lagged effects of our tightening so far and about the extent of credit tightening from recent banking stresses. Okay, but all this is doing is creating chaos and uncertainty in the markets, of course. And it's absolutely unclear where people are putting their money. And this means that banks are really wary about giving out small business loans. So liquidity is beginning to dry up. Now, listen, as an investor, I look for bear markets. I love bear markets on a personal level. Bear markets are where people make their money. It's where you make your cash. Right? If the basic idea is buy low, sell high on a general investment level, on like a Benjamin Grand level, then, then the way that you do this is you wait for a bear market and then you buy up everything in sight and then you sell when it's actually a bull market. People tend to invest wrong. They tend to wait for a bull market and then the stocks are running up and they're like, oh, I don't want to miss out. And then they buy. That's not when you do it. When the market goes down, that is when you buy. Especially particular stocks that have good underlying business bona fides. There can be a lot of those opportunities available. The other thing you can do is you can do dollar cost averaging where you just keep putting money into the market every single, every single month. And if you do that, then you're basically going to live out the low times and you're going to be able to survive the high times as well. But put all the investment advice aside for just a second. The reality is that banks are now tightening their lending standards largely because they have no idea what the hell is going on. The interest rates are really high right now, the highest in 16 years. That'd be like the Fed overnight rate. And then beyond that, you have inflation rates that are super duper high. So what do they do with their money? They're like, okay, we'll just leave it here. And there's no reason for us to lend this thing out because we don't think we're going to see a rate of return that is equivalent to us just buying bonds right now, for example. Some entrepreneurs are finding it more difficult to get a new loan or have had existing credit lines cut, according to the Wall Street Journal. Other, others report stricter terms, higher borrowing costs, longer waits, and tougher questions from their bankers. They're definitely being more conservative, said Brock Hutchinson, chief executive officer of Big Frig, a maker of coolers and drinkware in North Sioux City, South Dakota. Things have tightened up. Tougher standards and higher interest rates have prompted that 26-person company to delay plans for a new $3 million building with warehouse and office space. The economy is going too slow. It's going too slow because we inflated the economy too much, and now we are seeing the downside of that hill. This was bound to happen. Meanwhile, the White House is maintaining they're doing an amazing job. Here is the White House staffer, Bharat Ramamurti, 
He's a member of the National Economic Council saying, no, Joe Biden hasn't done anything to quash business. Things are going great guns. Well, I want to be clear about something, which is that uh, the president put in place incentives for companies to invest in America. And what we have seen over the last two years is $480 billion of pledged private investment uh, in American manufacturing and American production, whether it's in semiconductors or it's in uh, clean energy uh, production here at home. Uh, the idea that the president's agenda has been restrictive to business investment is just not based uh, in reality. I think what the president has done is made uh, America a very good place for companies to invest and companies that have their choice of which country all across the world to invest in are choosing for the first time in many cases to invest in America. Okay, that is such a lie. And if you talk to anyone in the financial industry, they know this is a lie. According to the Wall Street Journal, lending conditions for companies, consumers, and real estate developers tightened this spring to levels not seen since the height of the COVID pandemic. The flow of cash on Wall Street was already slowing this winter. Recent turmoil in regional banks made it worse. Wrangling over the debt ceiling has ratcheted up the risk, but we avoided the debt ceiling, and it's still going to be really, really tight out there. The slowdown is a consequence of the Federal Reserve's interest rate hiking campaign against inflation, all of which was driven again by overspending by the centralized American government. Okay, meanwhile, the Trump versus DeSantis race continues to heat up. Again, it's it's a matter of entertainment and charisma versus you know, policy hardheadedness is, is what this race seems to be coming down to. So Donald Trump has had himself a rather active 24 hours. Uh, he was um, he was asked about the fact that Ron DeSantis has said he's going to serve two terms, whereas Trump is only eligible for one term. And Trump then suggested that he doesn't actually need two terms as president to fix everything he needs about 37 seconds. And, you know, one of our opponents, they were uh, they were out there saying that uh, we can be there eight years and it takes eight years. No, it takes six months to fix it or less. If you have to if you have to rely if you have to rely on somebody that needs eight years to fix it, then he's the wrong guy. He's the wrong guy. You don't need you don't need four years either. And then you hand it off. You do a great job. You hand it off to somebody with our values for another eight years or four years or whatever it is. But uh, he's going around saying, oh, well, I can serve for eight years. It takes eight years to fix it. No, he made a big mistake. Well, DeSantis' proper response to that was, um, so why didn't you do it? I mean, that, that, that would be the proper response. I mean, he was the president for four years. So it's kind of weird to say you can fix it all in six months when you were the president for four years. And not only did you fail to fix it, the deep state then had deeply damaging <laughs> ramifications for your administration. Trump then called DeSantis stupid, which again, uh, entertainment value, but I'm not, I'm not sure like what this means. Change his name in the middle of the election. You don't do that. You do it before or after, but ideally you don't do it at all. I liked it before anyway. I liked his name better before. I don't like the name change. Should we tell him that? Uh, but uh, most people don't know what I mean. No, he's actually sort of changed the name. Let's uh, a syllabolic, they call it. Once a syllabolic name, but uh, we are doing really well. We're just uh, up on everybody. You have people coming into the race. You know, they're polling at 1%, 2%. I don't know what they're doing. They, they must know something. They're not, they're not very, some are stupid. I know actually some of them are pretty stupid. Uh, syllabolic is not a word. Just going to point that out right there. Does he mean syllabic? Maybe he means syllabic. Uh, and, and then Trump, this is, again, this is an odd move for Trump. I don't understand it. He, he's attacking the word woke. So Trump himself has used the word woke to describe his opponents many, many, many times. But now, because DeSantis has said that that basically Florida is where woke comes to die, and he's sort of made it his brand, now Trump is saying he doesn't even know what woke means. You don't have to run to the left, Mr. President. You just have to say, I did a good job when I was the president. I should be president again. People don't want me to be president because they know that I'm going to do a good job again. That's pretty much the extent. I'm not sure why we're moving left to cut off the use of the word woke now. 
It's gone sick. And I don't like the term woke because I hear woke, woke, woke. You know, it's like just a term that use half the people can't even define it. They don't know what it is. Um, well, I mean, why don't you like that? Well, th- th- that's a left wing attack. And then finally, Trump yesterday, he uh, he suggested that he lost because of covid, which is true. Covid. Th- there's no question. Democrats changed the rules about covid. The problem is that, as I've said before, I don't know what his plan is to overcome Democrats, if you believe that Trump legitimately won the 2020 election, or even if you believe that he didn't, but the rules were changed to prevent him from winning, which I pretty much agree with when it comes to the mail, the mail-in ballots and all the rest. Even if you believe that, you're going to have to figure out how to overcome that. It's not enough to just, you know, say things about it. And then we got more votes than any sitting president has ever gotten by millions and millions and millions, beating Obama by many millions of votes. And uh, we did better than any president has ever done, any sitting president uh, and then you had a rigged election. Let's face it. OK, you had a rigged election. But uh, they used COVID to cheat and we're not going to let that happen again. We're not going to let it happen again. OK, so the question is, how are you not going to let that happen again? Now, DeSantis actually does have an answer to this. So he was asked, are you going to do ballot harvesting during the upcoming election? He's like, of course, I'm going to do ballot harvesting. So each state is different, right? So, so like in Nevada, they have they send everyone a ballot, which is bad. But we're going to do ballot harvesting. We're going to do ballot harvesting. I'm doing it. Yes. I'm not going to plug fight with one hand tied behind my back. Yeah, that is a good answer. You should be doing ballot harvesting. By the way, that's exactly what we did in Florida. I voted early. My entire family voted early. That's an actual strategy for sure. Meanwhile, DeSantis was uh, was getting kicked around by the media. It's, it's amazing to see how the media have really turned in this race into supporters of Trump. Like Jen Rubin is out there tweeting about the evils of DeSantis. The entire, like Matt Drudge, who has been reliably anti-DeSantis throughout this entire couple of year cycle. He's now tweeting out things like DeSantis praised Fauci, not noting, of course, that they're talking about in March of 2020, which was like the very beginning of the pandemic. In any case, he was getting kicked around, was DeSantis, for this response to a reporter. And my question is, why? I think this response to the reporter is particularly appropriate, actually. Why not take any questions from voters, Governor? Governor, how come you're not taking questions from voters? No, no, no. coming up to me, talk to me. What are you talking about? I'm not here working with people. Are you, are you blind? Are you blind? I'm not blind. Okay, so people are coming up to me, talking to me, whatever they want to talk to me about. So people are angry at him. How could he say such things to reporters? Oh my God, it's just terrible. He's re- First of all, Donald Trump beat the crap out of reporters and it was the best part of his administration by far. Like the fact that he was constantly going after the media, the fact that he would not accept their premises was very good. DeSantis has the same thing here. It's a stupid question and you get an answer like that when you ask a stupid question. The reporter's like, why aren't you asking answering questions from voters? He's literally in a crowd of voters answering their questions at the time. If you think that's going to harm DeSantis, you got another thing coming. All right, time for a quick thing that I like and then some things that I hate. So things that I like. I started a series a couple of years old. It was on AMC. It's called The Terror. I got to admit, I'm a sucker for historical drama, particularly historical drama involving you know, trips to the frozen north. There are a bunch of these that are now out. And this one is particularly good. I'm like three episodes in. The cast on the, t- it's called The Terror. And the cast on The Terror is absolutely outstanding. It's like all of my favorite actors all in one series. The uh, The cast includes a bunch of faces that you will recognize from from different things. They're all sort of character actors and really, really good character actors. You have Jared Harris, who, of course, stars as, uh, he, he has starred in The Crown and a wide variety of, of uh, he's, he's in The Expanse, one, one of my favorite actors, great working actor. You have the, you have Karen Hines, who is a terrific actor as well. He was, he was just in the recent Kenneth Branagh movie, Belfast. Also Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy. 
the 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 look of the show is phenomenal. I really appreciate sound on the show, and the sound is really good because the whole thing is basically about these these ships that are caught in the frozen north, and we know the result, which is that everybody on the ship is going to die. The question is how they get there, and um, it's it's quite good. It's 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 really compelling sort of stuff. So worth the watch if uh, you're looking for something to watch this weekend and you can stand creepy. Okay, time for a couple of things that I hate. So if you thought that academia couldn't get any dumber, wrong you are. Academia has gotten dumber. Former Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, who is so bad that she lost in a reelect effort in Chicago and also has presided over a, a riotous city, a city with rising crime rates, with murder aplenty. Lori Lightfoot has now gained the Menchel Senior Leadership Fellow position at Harvard University's School of Public Health. Because if something says public health policy, it is Lori Lightfoot, the lady who said that she was going to go get her hair done in the middle of a pandemic while everyone else could not because it was very important to her job. She's going to teach a course titled Health Policy and Leadership. According to Michelle Williams, Dean of Faculty at the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health, quote, I'm delighted to welcome Mayor Lightfoot to Harvard Chan School as a mental senior Leadership fellow, as mayor, she showed strong leadership in advocating for health, equity, and dignity for every resident of Chicago. From her declaration of structural racism as a public health crisis to her innovative initiative to bring mental health services to libraries and shelters. And of course, she led the city through COVID-19. So in other words, it is uh, very good, apparently, that she declared structural racism a public health crisis. So she will be teaching at Harvard. Meanwhile, uh, that's not the only major person who is going to be teaching over at uh, a major university, Chase Bowden who you'll remember from being the DA who was ousted in San Francisco. Chesa Bowden is now going to be teaching at Berkeley Law, which is really, really exciting stuff. I know that I'm excited, aren't you? Because when you think of people who ought to be teaching at Berkeley Law, it's definitely the guy who got ousted as San Francisco DA for allowing crime to bloom. According to the Berkeley website, Chesa Bowden has spent his whole life grappling with incarceration and its far-reaching implications. As founding executive director of Berkeley Law's new Criminal Law and Justice Center, he sees an exciting opportunity to build on his work of transforming the criminal legal system in profound ways. They didn't just give him like a, a temporary teaching position. They made him the leader of an entire new criminal law and justice center. Yeah, academia is deeply corrupt, and this is just the latest proof. All right, you guys, the rest of the show continues right now. You're not going to miss it. We're going to be getting into the Absolute lies that were told by the media on a repeat basis with regard to COVID vaccines with Rob Aurora. If you're not a member, become a member. Use code Shapiro at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. Click that link in the description and join us. 